Hello, folks, and welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. We hope that this message will bless your heart, draw you closer to Jesus Christ, and help you in your daily walk as you seek to serve our Lord. going to be talking about peace this morning. Am I on? How about that? Okay. I'll figure it out one day. Turn to John chapter 6 this morning. John chapter 6 as we talk about the peace of God this morning. It's a theme for our week two of our Advent, and we're going to be talking about wonderful peace. John chapter 6 is where we'll be. And we'll be starting in verse 16. Very familiar passage. Jesus walking on the water. Let's begin there in verse 16, John chapter 6. When evening came, His disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, They saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Let's pray together. Fathers, we open your word this morning. Open our hearts to receive the message that you have prepared. Help us to apply it to our lives as we seek your wonderful peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I were to ask you a question, what would your answer be? How many storms are there in a given year around the world? What would you say? What would would be your guess? How many storms? Thousands? Anybody else have a guess? A lot. A lot. <laughs> According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, what we call NOAA, NOAA weather, an estimated 16 million thunderstorms happen around the world in a given year. 16 million. At any moment in time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there are 2,000 thunderstorms taking place. Right now, somewhere in the world, at this very moment, there are 2,000 roughly taking place at any given time. We live in a turbulent planet. Have you ever gotten caught in a thunderstorm before? I have. I've been caught getting the cows up on the four-wheeler before, a mile from the house in a lightning storm. Terrifying. But it's even worse to get caught in a boat. And I have done that on the Tom Bigby River before with two buddies trying to fish and 
we just thought, well, we got just a few more minutes. Keep casting and then we wait too late. It's terrifying. We also deal with a lot of spiritual storms in our lives from day to day. All kinds of storms, trials that we face, illnesses, loss of a loved one, loss of a job. Those things that cause us grief, anything that we deal with on a spiritual level considered a trial or a storm. But you know, I can guarantee that everybody in here falls into one of three categories. We're either coming out of a storm, we're about to go into a storm, or we're right in the middle of a storm. We all fall into one of those three categories. It's a vicious cycle. How do we have peace in a, such a turbulent world that we live in? How do we have peace when there's so many things in our lives that constantly war at us and bombard us? What is peace? What's the definition for peace? A worldly definition for peace, we might define it this way. Freedom from a disturbance. Freedom from a dispute. It's a good definition. We might also define peace as the end of war. Another worldly definition. A place, time where there's no war going on. That's peace. We might also define peace as tranquility. If you vision peace in your mind, you think of maybe a quiet, woodsy area, a tranquil place. But if you notice the worldly definitions for peace that we talk about here, they're all dealing with externals. They're all dealing with stuff going on around us, not necessarily what's going on on the inside. I like Charlie Brown and those Peanuts cartoons. And there was a cartoon once where Lucy and Charlie were standing there and they were talking and Lucy says, I hate everybody. And I hate everything. And I just hate the whole wide world. And Charlie Brown looks at her and says, Lucy, I thought you had inner peace. She said, I do have inner peace, but I've still got outer obnoxiousness. <laughs> she was worried about what's going on on the outside. But spiritually speaking, it's only through Jesus that we can have that true peace. Jesus told His disciples in John, the 14th chapter, in verse 27, He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus gives us peace. But when we come to Jesus by faith, our problems don't stop, do they? Our problems don't stop. stop. Ephesians 6 and verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but rather it's the confidence that He is there. That's the peace that Jesus gives. He's always there with us. It's an inner peace. It's Regardless of what's going on around us, you have that confidence that He's in control. You have that inner peace where Jesus says, I'm here. Dr. Nicholas Ridley in 1555 was going to be burned at the stake for witnessing for Christ. And so his brother 
knew that his execution was coming up the next day, his brother offered to stay with him in his prison cell that night to comfort him. And Dr. Ridley said, no, I intend to go to bed tonight at the same time. God willing, sleep just as peacefully as I ever did. Because I know my God and I know the peace that He gives and I know where I'm going. That's inner peace. Now, most of us will never face a trial that severe. Most of us will never lose our life for sharing the gospel. But it's during those times where we have those storms where we have an opportunity to fix our eyes on Jesus. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That was Dr. Ridley's verse. He trusts. And so it's during those times of storms where things are going wrong. We can fix our minds on Jesus, fix our hearts on Jesus and have that inner peace, have that wonderful peace that we're looking at. So this morning as we look at John chapter 6 and then as the, we look at the parallel passages in Matthew 14 and Mark chapter 6, we're going to glean some truths from this passage here as we seek for that wonderful peace. Let me give you a little background about what's happening. The disciples were on a spiritual high. Jesus had sent them out two by two to spread the good news prior to this, and they had been out. And uh, Mark's Gospel tells us that they had driven out demons, and they had healed the sick. And so they were on a spiritual high. They were emboldened by the good luck, if you'd call it, in in sharing the news. It wasn't luck, but they were having success. People were coming to know the Lord, coming to believe. And so... They came to tell Jesus what they'd been doing. And Jesus said, well, let's retire to a quiet place together and you can share with me what's going on. And so they decided to get in a boat and as they took off, word spread that they were headed out. So when they came ashore, a crowd of people was there. And it's that point where Jesus was able to teach the 5,000 and then later feed the 5,000. And so that's where we are here Scripture says they picked up 12 baskets of fragments after he fed the 5,000 plus women and children. And then Jesus withdrew to a mountain by himself to pray. And the disciples get in the boat. And that's where we pick up here in our passage that we're looking at in John chapter 6. The first thing I want us to know about this is that we're controlled by his providence. We're controlled by his providence. Now we're not told in John's gospel this, but... In Matthew and Mark, both accounts, in Matthew 14 and Mark chapter 6, we're told that Jesus told His disciples to get into the boat. John just says they got in the boat. But Matthew and Mark say that Jesus told them. They were obeying what He said. He was controlling them. He controlled. He was, they were controlled by His providence. We're controlled by His providence. He's in control of it all. The good stuff and the bad stuff. Romans 8 and verse 28 All things work together for good. Sometimes we find ourselves in a mess and it's a storm that God uses to correct us. We go and do our own free will and we're under, we're controlled by His providence. His will will be done, but we still want to go and do our own little thing. But ultimately, His will is going to be done. But He sends a storm or He allows a storm to come into our life to correct us, to bring us back in line. 
Sometimes it's a storm to perfect us. That's what the disciples encountered here. Jesus told them to get in the boat. Now, did Jesus know that storm was coming? Absolutely he did. Absolutely. We're told in Scripture that he commands the winds and the waves. Jesus knew. And it was a perfecting storm. What he was doing there, he was preparing them for the time in their ministry when he would no longer be with them. After his death and burial and resurrection, he wouldn't physically be there with them. So he was preparing them. He was perfecting them. It was a storm of perfection. Sometimes God lets us be corrected by a storm. Sometimes God uses a storm to perfect us. Psalm 66 and verse 10 says, For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. That's Psalm 66 and verse 10. Another passage of Scripture for you, Malachi 3 and verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. We're controlled by His providence. He's in control. Ultimately, His will will be done. But secondly, I want us to notice we're covered by His prayers. We're covered by His prayers. Now, the disciples were out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and they were, had been out there. The, uh, Matthew's Gospel tells us that it was the fourth watch of the night, which was about between 3 and 6 a.m. The fourth watch. Nightfall at that time, uh, they, they reckon nightfall starts at 6, even though it may not quite have been dark yet. And they divided into three-hour watches. And so they were in the fourth watch of the night, according to Matthew. So it was between 3 and 6. They had been out on the water some seven, eight, possibly nine hours fighting the winds and the waves. Caught up in this storm, scuffling to try to keep the boat from capsizing. And where was Jesus? Scripture tells us He was up on the mountaintop praying. Mark's account in the Gospel of Mark chapter 6, it tells us that from His vantage point, Jesus could see them struggling and straining against the waves. It says he, strained at the, they, he could see them straining at the oars because the wind was against them. But they were covered by His prayers. They were covered by His prayers. Jesus had His eye on them and He was praying for them. How does it make you feel when somebody tells you that they've been praying for you? Makes us feel good. I've been praying for you. Makes you feel good. Jesus is praying for us. He's interceding for us. We're covered by His prayers. We're on His prayer list. It's an awesome thought. We're on His prayer list. We're covered by His prayers. He's there sitting at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. Romans 8 and verse 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. We're covered by His prayers. Hebrews chapter 7 says, He always lives to intercede for them. He's interceding for us. He's watching us from His seat on high. And he's looking down and He sees us straining against the storms that we have in our life. And He's there praying for us. We don't know what to pray sometimes, but He voices that prayer for us. We're controlled by His providence. 
were covered by his prayers. We sing that song, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Thirdly, I want us to know that we're comforted by his presence. Look there in verse 19. We're comforted by his presence. It says, when they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. The disciples were there in the middle of this sea. They were wet. They were tired. They were exhausted. And as far as they knew, they had left Jesus back on shore. And then here comes Jesus strolling across the water. And they were terrified. They thought it was a ghost. I've done this before. You, you see somebody routinely in their normal habitat. Maybe they work at a store that you go to quite a bit or, or you go and you see them at the doctor's office or whatever it might be. And then you see them somewhere else that they're not expected. You run into them at Walmart and you, it takes you a second to kind of put the pieces together where you know them or how Oh, that's right. That's so, so, and so. I see them at the grocery store all the time. They work there. That's the situation that the disciples were in. They knew they left Jesus on the land. Had no idea they were going to see him right out there in the water, walking on the water. But that's what happened. They were not accustomed to seeing him like that. But Jesus comforts them. He calls them out and he says, It is I. Don't be afraid. They hear that familiar voice. Sometimes we see somebody and we don't recognize them, but we recognize that voice. They heard his voice and he said, don't be frightened, it's me. I'm here. And they were comforted by his presence. Uh, I miss my dad and my granddad quite a bit. But the times in my life where I've really felt that loss, it seems odd when we have a water leak. I don't know whether you guys have patched a water leak before. That was always a team effort at the house. We'd have water leaks all the time, and usually my daddy and my granddad would be right there. Now, I may be down in the hole, down in the mud, knee-deep, patching the pipe, but they were there for moral support, if nothing else. And so I miss those times. I miss those times, and this, this usually a holiday weekend when that kind of stuff happens. <laughs> And so you're standing there in this muddy hole trying to scoop out water. But just having somebody there with you, having that comfort of their presence means so much. And so we're comforted by the presence of the Lord. We get into some deep, muddy spiritual holes sometimes, don't we? But Jesus is right there with us. We can't see past the mud, but He's right there. He's right there. And He says, it's I. It is I. Don't be afraid. We're comforted by His presence. Now that statement, it is I, is translated that way in English, but the original Greek, guess what it means? Guess what it says in the original Greek? I am. I am. That's the original Greek text is I am. He is the great I am. Not that... I used to exist, but I don't anymore. Not I was, but I am. Coach Evans Page coached basketball at Central the last couple of years I was there. I didn't play basketball, but uh, I was in study hall with some of the guys on his team, and we had a, 
we had a smarty pants in study hall. And one of them walked up. He was standing up and doing something, and Coach Page was keeping the study hall. And he, uh, Coach was not in there at the time, and this guy was cutting up. And Coach walks in, and he had his back to the door, and he turned, and there was Coach face-to-face with him. And he said, boy, what are you doing? He said, you're just an old has-been. Page put him in his place. He said, son, I'd rather be a has-been than I never was. But Jesus is the I am. He's the I am of the past. He's the I am of the present. He's the I am of the future. What a comfort to hear that. I'm here. I am. I exist. Now, you might say, I am what? Well, you fill in the blanks. You're spiritually hungry. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If you're in darkness, he says, I am the light of the world. If you're lost, he says, I am the way. And no man comes to the Father except through me. Whatever you need, whatever need you may have, Jesus says, I am there to meet that need. I'm there. I am. We're controlled by his providence. He's in control. We're covered by his prayers. He's up there at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Covered by His prayers. We're comforted by His presence. He's always there with us. Just right off. Right out there. Walking on the water. Waiting on us to admit that we need Him. Waiting for us to call out to Him. But lastly, I want us to see we're changed by His peace. Look there, verse 21. It says, Then they were willing to take Him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. We're changed by His peace when we're willing to take Him into our boat. We get that wonderful peace that He offers. We're changed by that peace. He offers it to us. All we have to do is reach out and say, I need You, Lord. And yield. And be willing to let Him into the boat. And immediately we get to where we're going. We immediately get to where we're going. Is Jesus in the boat of your life this morning? Is He in your boat? If not, He can be. He's right out there. Just waiting. Walking on the water. Waiting for you and me to say, I need you, Lord. And He says, Here I am. Revelation 3 and verse 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. That's our prayer this morning that we would invite him into our boat and get that wonderful peace that he promises. Let's pray. Father, we're just so thankful for your peace, Lord, and we're thankful for salvation. And through, through the willingness that we have to come invite you into our boat lord we get that wonderful peace that you talk about the peace that passes all understanding father help us to go out these doors this week and have that peace and share it with others so that they may be brought closer to you
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.